0: Welcome to Season 5 of Talking Home Renovations with the Housemaven. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect practicing in Massachusetts. My passion is old houses, new technologies, and sustainability. Previous seasons of this podcast have featured many vendors, subcontractors, architects, designers covering many aspects of renovations and hiring professionals to help. This season, I'll be focusing on collecting even more renovation stories because we can all learn from each other, and I just can't resist talking to people about their houses. This episode is about connecting to your house through historical research. All homeowners are part of the history of their house, including us, and someday people may be researching us. So are you leaving any fun mementos for future owners to find? If you are, let me know. My guest this week is Emma Leishner. She's the woman behind the Instagram account Victorian Cream Cheese House, a folk Victorian known as the Buckley Bishop House outside of Philadelphia. We talked about her research methods, history of the house, including standing bacon for 15 years, and what it took to bring it back. Here's my conversation with Emma. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. I already love your house just from seeing the photos and your stories on Instagram. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your house. How did you find it? Sure. That sort of thing. Sure. So, um, we purchased our
1: house in June of last year. It was um the whole home buying process was pretty long for us. I had actually I knew that I wanted a historic home. Um it's always been something that's interested me. I've been drawn to history. I just and I love Victorian homes. So, Um, The housing market was, of course, insane last summer. Um, And my husband and I had kind of some different um, aspects that we needed to meet in our home buying process. So my husband's a pilot. So we needed to be close to the airport that he works out of, which is Philadelphia International. Um, And we were also using a VA loan in the process. My husband was prior military. So that and of itself provides an interesting challenge especially when buying or trying to buy a historic home there are so many hoops you have to jump through and just loops you have to um kind of go through to make sure everything looks good especially with an old house so i actually fell in love with this early 1900s georgian brick home about an hour and a half north of us but it needed serious serious restoration and renovation work like foundation. I mean, it was just a mess, but I fell in love with it and um it ultimately wasn't for us. My husband is barely home, so any kind of work on the house needs to be done through either me or a contractor or, you know, whoever we can scrape up and we also have a small child, so that just wasn't in the cards for us for that home. So, hmm. I was looking through the MLS system one day and I found the listing for our current house and I sent it to my husband and I showed him like, oh my gosh, look at what these people have done renovation-wise in this home. This is what we could have done on the Georgian home. And uh, he's like, well, why don't we just go see that house? That's like in a way better state. It's way more, you know, our speed in terms of what we can handle project-wise. And the character of the home was just amazing. It, You know, our home has these original stained glass transom windows. and um, Yeah, those are amazing yes, love those. And the woodwork on our uh, fireplace mantle and our staircase just immediately caught our eye. And it was, um, it's really close to the Philadelphia airport. So it just checked all these boxes that otherwise were not getting checked in our home search. So we made an appointment to come see the house and it was perfect for us in every way. It checked every box that we ever could have imagined and more so we put an offer in the house and we were just feeling like oh in this market these houses are going you know crazy above asking and waiving all these inspections which we couldn't do with the va loan and blah blah Mm. blah so but we put in an offer anyway and sure enough we got it they accepted our offer the previous owners were really looking to get out of the house for personal reasons they were separating so Mm -hmm. Um, The timing just worked out for us. The whole closing process, we were just holding our breath because we have a hand dug well. And that's a huge kind of hang up when it comes to the VA loan process, um, Mm -hmm. amongst other things. But sure enough, in the 11th hour, all of our inspections passed and everything worked out, which just felt really surreal for us. So we were holding our breath the entire time until we got into the house, got the keys, and then we kind of hit the ground running and had a huge reality check of all of the responsibilities and realities of what owning an old home, especially a home that's you know rounding the corner to 140 years, um, looks like. So the first weekend that we were in our house, our AC shot. Our system shot and it was over 4th of July weekend. There was a heat wave in the area. My husband was flying. It was, you know, just a little like love tap, if you will, of um, (laughs) (laughs) kind of what owning an old house is going to be like. So from then, I mean, the house when we got it was in really um, incredible shape. For the age, it has been really well maintained over the years. There's been two additions that have been put onto the house um, and some updates as well. But a huge thing for us, and we knew this going in, is that we need a new roof. Um, we don't have any leaks or anything like that, but it's just it's time for a new roof.
0: What kind of roof is it? Is it a, an asphalt roof? or, it's asphalt, or? it's asphalt. It's
1: yeah. asphalt right now, and it's just the house originally had fish scale. Style slate shingles, which oh, I would nice. love, but it's pretty expensive. It's so expensive. And what we're lucky to kind of live by, and something that our neighbor who also owns a historic home and he's taken that thing down to the studs um, is that we have this auction site near us, about an hour north of us, called Wolgamuth. And you can find, I mean, they've got salvage stuff, but lumber, shingles. Kind of anything, and a lot of contractors um, will go up there and bid on certain pallets or whatever they're interested in buying. And that's mm-hmm. something we are looking into, probably for in the next couple of months, is going up there and taking a look at um, what kind of shingles they have. And then we have some roofers that have worked in our neighbor's historic house, which has some crazy pitch, and they did a phenomenal job. So I think we're going to use them, but. It's um, exciting.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I don't know. It just feels exciting to find what you want in an auction. You feel like you got something special for a deal. Totally. and you know, it's
1: fun. 100%. I think for us, too, we have to be, as with any historic homeowner or old homeowner, you have to be conscientious because these houses can be money pits despite whatever state you buy them in. Yeah. They're still going to age. And so... We don't want to do things on the cheap. I think our perspective is do it right the first time, um, or when you know, whenever you're updating something, and do it well, and you know, do it to last. But also, what are some other different avenues that we can take to kind of offset some of the cost? Because we live in a pretty high cost area for any kind of contracting work or construction or really anything. So that looks like. Doing things ourselves, or my father is a contractor oh. um, as well as a pilot. And so we're very lucky. He helps us with so much, but also our neighbor is not a professional contractor, but he's always willing to kind of share his resources with us.
0: And hmm. um, we're just very lucky with that. But yeah, that's important. Wait, so you're, let's go back a second. Your dad sure. is both a contractor and a pilot. <laughs> yes. He.
1: Is a jack of all trades. And I think I definitely got my respect for maintaining things and craftsmanship from him. He was in the Air Force growing up. He was a pilot in the Air Force for my entire life, um, but also had... He was a contractor. He had a construction business where he was building houses with another pilot in their spare time. Wow. Um, and then we lived in a plethora of homes growing up, just moving around. One of which, our first home off base, was a historic home. It was over 100 years old. Hmm. And he did most of the renovations on that house himself. And just seeing that and seeing him have some serious learning curves and injuries and um, but also the pride that he took in doing things well and, and learning himself and being a responsible homeowner. Um, I think that really had a huge impact on me. Mm. And um, now that I'm a homeowner, that's kind of the, the philosophy that I want to take with this house. So it's been really cool for him to kind of come over with his truck and all of his equipment
0: and be like, all right, what what project are we working on today? <laughs> yeah, um, that's fun. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And having that neighbor with the resources, the local resources of people who can help is... Huge. Because we are yeah, not from this great. area. So it's kind of difficult
1: to sort through recommendations and all these contractors. And um, it's nice to know, especially since our neighbor has a home that's around the same age as ours, what's worked for him, what hasn't, and I do trust him. So, that's a huge resource and I would encourage other people that are maybe new to an area when they buy a home to word of mouth is huge. So, it is huge.
0: Well, yeah. also if you if your neighbor's house is similar to your house, it probably has similar issues and have it He's does. already done the work of finding he, good it people. It does. Yeah, yeah, so we kind of we lucked out with that for sure. Um Well, so tell me
1: about your house. It's a Victorian. It is. So our house um, was built in 1886. It's a folk Victorian home, partially constructed with fieldstone, which is pretty common for this area. Our neighbor's house has that um, as well. It originally belonged to this family called the Buckley family. Um, They lived here for about 16 years and he was the postmaster and a shopkeeper um, across the street, which was a uh, railroad stop And he Hmm. was the postmaster there. And um, they moved. And then this family called the Bishop family lived here for over 40 years. And they played a huge role kind of in the area. Uh, Mr. Bishop was the foreman of the Sharpless Creamery, which manufactured all kinds of dairy products. They were most well-known for their cream cheese and butter Hmm. and the Sharpless Dairy Company was actually sold to Kraft in 1924, and part of the sale of agreement, which I found online, is that Mr. Sharpless, who was um, our next-door neighbor and also the brother-in-law of the bishops, wanted the Philadelphia cream cheese name to be kind of maintained in the sale. So, Oh, so that was the Philadelphia cream cheese. Yes, there were five other companies, I believe, um, creameries kind of in the mid-Atlantic region. I believe maybe one was in Chicago as well. I may be mistaken. Um, they were all producing cream cheese at the same time. But hmm. cream cheese was so popular in the Philadelphia area that when Mr. Sharpless sold his company, um, he really wanted that that to be highlighted. So wow. the bishops who lived here in the house, Mr. Bishop was the foreman of that creamery. And the creamery was actually right across the street. But all of those buildings have since um, there was a fire in the 1970s and all of those buildings were destroyed for the Mm. most part. But yeah, I I love the history of our house and I've always been fascinated by history. And in the process of buying the house, I, I knew it was historic, obviously, but I reached out to the local historical society in our area to see if they had any additional information on the background of the house. And they had amazing background actually. And we developed a really wonderful relationship. And um as soon as I moved here, I actually started volunteering for them, uh digitizing some of their their files. And now I'm a board member.
0: <laughs> Whoa. So well, that's it's great. Been,
1: um yeah, it is great. It's I think it's so important to honor to, well, number one, to know if you can, mm-hmm. um, but to honor the history of the house that you're living in, especially because obviously the people that lived here in years prior played a huge part in the community. And um, yes,
0: that was important for me to uncover and kind of see where that yeah. took me. I always think about, yeah when I learn a little bit more about the people who lived in a certain place, or I, I, the reason I love history is because I love thinking about what it was like to live back then. So if you're actually mm-hmm. in a physical house where they had parties or weddings or funerals or anything, it's just, I don't know, it's like it's like this whole other way of looking at a house. I, com- the,
1: the, I completely I agree. I think, personally, since I have been uncovering all of these um, documents and newspaper articles and, I mean, you name it, I've been trying to find relating to this house and its previous owners, but um, it has really... Connected me to my home in a deeper way. And just like you said, I mean, you think about all of the things that make up a human life. And of course, those things happen in a home. And there have been so many years that this home has stood here in this spot. And so it's experienced so many things like birthdays and weddings and funerals, just like you said. And it's really an amazing thing to think about that even after you're gone if you do right by the home, this house will still be here and will kind of continue to carry on that piece of you and that piece of your family, even when you're gone. So yeah, yeah, it really does. You're part of the fabric of the
0: history of the house, really. Yeah. 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 And like you were saying about not wanting to do things on the cheap. I mean, I think we've all experienced running into well, let's say most of us have experienced running into repairs or kind of cobbled together situations that previous tenants of the house or previous <laughs> yes. people have, have done. Oh, yes. And <laughs> I kind of feel like I don't want people to look back on me and think, why why didn't they just do this right? I completely agree. In a way that, you know, all of
1: these updates or additions or quick fixes to the home add to the fabric of the home's history But as a new homeowner, when you start running into things that need repair or need an update or just need to be flat out removed or changed, you kind of start uncovering the choices, I guess is a good word, that previous owners um, or tenants may have done to repair something in the house. And sometimes, at least in my experience with this house, um, and I, I don't know who did these repairs or updates, but things were done on the cheap or maybe just done as a quick fix and then forgotten about. And now I'm kind Mm -hmm. of working backwards to undo some of those changes, which can be frustrating. But it also is a good learning experience for me because I'm pretty much a novice when it comes to anything with... updating with my house. I'm learning as I go. I have really great resources um and people around me that can help and at the end of the day like if it's a project that's beyond any reasonable scope, of course we're going to bring in a professional to fix it. But just little things that I've noticed around the house that seem to have been quick fixers or maybe not even thought of at all. Um it can be frustrating, but um I think once you fix the issue, you can kind of (laughs) try to find some humor in it and laugh about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then keep keep that in the back of your mind of, okay, well, maybe me, I'm going to try and do better. So the people that come into this house after I'm gone won't have to find that or deal with that. So
0: yeah, do it right the first time. Yep. Have you ever heard of the show MacGyver? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. My mom actually called, used to nickname my dad MacGyver. When yeah, I was exactly. Growing up.
0: Yeah. There are a lot yeah. of MacGyver moments I see around um, old houses that yes. are pretty, are kind of funny. So they are
1: funny. Yeah,
0: they are. So it sounds like your house was a more of a upper middle class sort of house. Did it ever fall yes. on any hard times or was it always well yes. maintained by prominent families? For the first half of my
1: home's life, it was maintained by prominent families, definitely upper middle class. But in 1975, our local energy company, Pico, actually purchased the house and sat on it for 15 years. It was vacant in the thought that this home would actually be demolished for power lines. So the home was vacant, yes, from about 1975 to 1990. And you can imagine a home sitting for 15 years with, you know, it's going to crumble and fall onto hard times. So luckily for us, the home was not demolished. Um, The power line path was moved further down the line. So no historic home had to be taken out, thankfully. Um, But the home definitely, and you can see it in the value of the home and the tax assessments of the home um, in the '90s, when the next when the those owners moved in, it was definitely um, at its lowest point. But then it mm. it it it, t- it had an uptick from there, and the next kind of round of owners not only restored the house but added on to it, added more square footage, and did a wonderful job. Two owners ago, they were here for quite a while. About. 17 years, and they did a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job working with the Historical Society to restore the house in a lot of ways um, to its original charm. I mean, the house was like painted white. It had the screened-in front porch. It kind of lost a lot of its charm through the Mm. years, but the owners that I'm referring to, they worked with the Historical Society to get like the paint, the exterior paint right, and to um, restore the original porch that was there and that has always been there and amongst so many other things. But yeah, so it it definitely, the trajectory of our home, it definitely did fall on some hard times. And now our goal is to continue to restore things. So a project that I'm working on, as you can imagine, and most historic homes, especially homes that were obviously built before you know, the, the 1970s that have a lot of lead paint. Anything covered in lead paint was just painted over a million times. So mm. we have lead paint. And something that I'm working on very slowly and painstakingly is removing the millions of layers of paint that are on our um, wood trim. We have original mm-hmm. trim in some of the rooms. Um, baseboards um, and our window sills are really deep. So I've been removing, I've been going one room at a time, one window at a time. And I actually, this was a huge learning process for me, but um, in terms of kind of what method I went, but um, I ultimately bought an EcoStrip infrared gun and have been peeling layers of paint back on this trim work to try and get in, at least in this one room um, to restore the windows and I'm going to stain them to um, hopefully to like whatever their original stain color would have been at that time but so those are small things that I'm working on to try and continue to add to yeah
0: that's kind um, of a big thing though Emma, that it is a, a big time <laughs> it does take a long time yeah,
1: so. I you know I have a small child so I have to get him out of the house and then make the room safe and then it's a a huge process so it is going along at a snail's pace right now mm-hmm. but um you know the way that we my husband and I look at it is you know we're gonna be in this house for the rest of our lives so we have nothing mm-hmm. but time and nothing besides the roof um needs to get done immediately so you know, we have a lot of time to do this right. It's, we don't want to rush through these projects. Right. So,
0: yeah. So how, how are you doing the research on the people? I'm interested in that, see what kind of resources, obviously yeah. you've been at the local, you know, historic yeah society or yeah. historical, whatever yeah. it's called. What is it called in your town? It's
1: the historical society. Um, And we live in Concord Township. So it's called the Concord Township Historical Society, each township in, This area, for the most part, has a historical society. So they were my first stop. Even before we bought the house, I sent them an email saying, Hey, you know, we're closing on this house. It's a historic home. Do you have any information on it at all? And it was amazing what I got back. In our township, every home that was built prior to 1900 had a file on it and it's designated a historic resource file. Mm. And The files have everything from um, architectural features to historical significance to the area and oftentimes like really great pictures of the home through the years or any kind of pertinent news information about owners. But my home had the historic resource file, which went through, um, a surveyor went through and kind of notated everything about the home physically. And then some general information about the first two owners. I just had names. And then um, from there, I just took that as a huge jumping off point. I hit Ancestry.com. I'm a big Ancestry person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just started digging. And um, the first people that I was able to find a lot of information on were the bishops, which were the second owner to where I actually thought that they were the original owners and that this other name was maybe the builder um, because it wasn't clear and I wasn't turning up a lot of information about this other name. So I just went full steam ahead with digging through the bishops, digging through local books about the area to find more information about the creamery, um, newspapers.com, all of it. And then another great resource for me to realize that the person I thought was the builder was not was our public database for historic deeds and mortgages so i worked <laughs> yeah so i found um your it takes a long time cuz there's scanned copies of of book pages to find the bishops deed transfers and then i saw that the bishops did indeed buy the home from Mr. Buckley. And I went back, you know, cause it, that was at a time that was, that I was aware of that the home was already built and standing for, you know, over five years. So I went back and sure enough, I found that it went all the way back to, I, I was able to find the land transfer in 1885 to the builder and then from the builder to the Buckleys. And I just mm. really I was able to find the name of Mr. Buckley's wife through that. And then I hit Ancestry again and was able to find all of this information on the Buckleys. Hmm. So there's so many, I guess what I'd like to tell listeners is that there are so many great resources. If you're interested in the history of your home, which I'm sure everybody is that has a historic home, to contact Definitely, your yeah. local historic local historical society Go down to the courthouse. If you don't have a public access system for your deeds, do some deeds research. Newspapers.com is a phenomenal resource. Hmm. If you have people that were maybe upper middle class or just interesting people that would have had um, any kind of newspaper article written about them, I was able to find so much, so much. It was kind of absurd. So yeah, there's there's so many resources out there. I loved reading through the census records of the people that have lived in the house. It's so amazing. I think the last census that was published was 1950 um, was the most recent Mm -hmm. one. And I went all the way up until then and was able to find all this information. And in some ways it can make you feel like you're peeking through time Mm -hmm. to see what was going on in your home. And um, I don't know. I just think it's really special and, and important. We had some interesting things occur if you will in the house just some like unexplainable kind of spooky things happening in our house nothing bad but Mm -hmm. as we were kind of digging deeper into maybe like what is going on here or you know asking these questions places where they were happening in the house we were able to kind of determine like oh this was probably such and such room or so yeah I mean Mm. it is like you do have to realize that when you live in a home that's old or has age, that people were sleeping, were used to sleep or doing these same things over and over in these same places that you are. And that is, I think for me, um, a cool thing to wrap my mind around. I think for other people, it may have been like, namely my husband, it was probably a little bit jarring, but, um, cause you don't obviously get that in like a brand new, new construction home necessarily
0: um but right yeah. yeah yeah you don't get that necessarily but yeah. a house that was built in the 70s could easily have had three families live in there and that's not Absolutely. an old i mean is that an old house i don't know the older i get the newer the older houses are. <laughs> right? you know, so i don't know <laughs> right but yeah, yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff a lot of really personal stuff that happens in all of our houses definitely so yeah yeah I mean, anyway that's all that's, leaving our mark on interesting. It
1: in some way yeah
0: yeah putting our energy hopefully good energy
1: Yes. that Yeah. I think my biggest two pieces of advice, which I've already pretty much given, is that do things right the first time. If you don't know how to do it, then you need to bring a professional in, whatever that looks like. And if it's not a critical thing that needs to happen immediately, like you have time. Don't do it Just for the sake of rushing to get it done, you really should take your time with these old houses. I mean, so much care and time was put into them originally in the construction of the home. I mean, you look at original floors and and see how they were built and the woodwork and I mean, just all of these details, all of those things took time. And so when Mm -hmm. you're restoring or renovating a house, you should also strive to take your time and do it right. And then the other thing is just lean on all those resources. If you're a history buff like myself, I really encourage people in historic homes, if you're not already, to reach out to your local historical society, work with them. They are a wealth of knowledge, and it really can connect you in a deeper way to your home.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Emma. Well, um, thank you, Catherine. People... This was so much fun. Yeah. How could people... See more about your house on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is great. Um, uh, Our handle
1: is at uh, Victorian Cream Cheese House on Instagram. Our name under there is the Buckley Bishop House. I pretty much run it. My husband will pop in from time to time, but he's usually um, flying or playing music. So if you want to chat, I'm always open to chat. I love 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 the old house community on Instagram. I've met so many great people. Um, that's another great resource. Uh, if you have yeah. a quick question, that's not, you know, a huge structural issue um, or just looking for, like I said, word of mouth or other advice. The Old House community on Instagram has been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful for that. So definitely, um, I yeah. don't know how much of a help that I could be for questions. I would direct you to other people, but um, I if you'd love to chat, um, I'm on there. So
0: yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's a great community. And I was reading a thread. I think I I was reading a thread. I can't remember who started it, but it was about um, uh, the gaps in floorboards and what can you do. Yes. People were talking about (laughs) dyeing cotton rope with tea and then putting it in there. And other people were just saying, just vacuum it. I almost lost an earbud in one of my cracks. It's such a big crack. Did you? Yeah, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what else is under there.
1: Oh, we have, especially in wintertime, obviously, when the wood is shrinking, our gaps are huge. Mm -hmm. And I actually texted my next door neighbor um, talking about, you know, going to your resources and asked him, like, is there anything I should do about this? And he had an interesting piece of advice and I've pretty much followed it. But he said, well, that's just part of the charm of the house. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess if you're not at risk of losing like major items down there. um,
0: Well, like earrings or a ring
1: jewelry yeah I mean definitely earrings like that's you definitely can um we're not at that point yet there's one area that I just threw a rug over right now but I'm sure once my yeah I'm sure once my son discovers that he'll be dropping things down there
0: so yes he will (laughs) yeah he will yep well that's the fun of it so who knows what other who's what else has been dropped down there
1: I know. I have half a mind to try and get down there and open it up, but I don't want to disturb anything just for the sake of finding that. But I mean, I've seen also on Instagram when people are doing major um, renovations of bathrooms or fireplaces or what what have you, that they find these incredible things that have kind Mm -hmm. of been trapped by time, maybe behind a, a fireplace mantle or you know, in a mm-hmm. wall or they find, us you know, this secret space behind a wall and they're like, what? We didn't even know this was here. And yeah, um, I think that's just part. It's like a treasure hunt owning yeah, exactly. an old house. its yeah. You never know what you're going to uncover, True. whether physically in the house or just through records and history. I mean, it's it's truly a treasure hunt.
0: Thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time and I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.